Welcome to the Cinematic Adventures podcast. I'm Daniel and I am from the future. I'm JP and I'm from now Ooh. in California. So, yes. So now that everyone is stuck inside and trapped forever. We might I mean as well, forever? That's well, a mighty long time. At least three months. It feels like forever. It's forever and inside years. Sure. Now we know how our dogs feel. <sighs> Poor dogs. I don't have one, but I did. I used to, poor dogs would be like, let me out, fucker. And now I get it. <laughs> now I get it. What we're essentially saying is we want this virus to take us for a walk. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is chaos. So uh, we changed the format of, of this a little because neither of us were having fun. This felt a lot like work. It mustn't have been that exciting to listen to either. Indeed. So, and what... The original plan was to list stuff so that we can talk about movies a lot more. But then I realized that I was doing a lot of work for something that was meant to be fun. And instead of doing my fun, my fun project, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I forgot to do that. And I realized so while I was that... watching clips of Lucifer on YouTube. Jackie came up with a great idea. <laughs> um, I realized that in listening to it, Lists are super fucking boring. Nobody wants to hear us just list a bunch of shit. They want to hear us talk about movies. So we're scrapping the list and we're changing the format of how Daniel is doing an actor every month. He's still doing that project. But instead of him watching like 19 movies in one week, trying to catch up on all of the movies that I tell him to watch that he has available that have Paul Newman in it, this month for the month of April to clarify, his actor is Robert De Niro. And instead of doing one episode where we only talk about Robert De Niro films, every episode this month, or every, uh, at least once a week, we are going to include a Robert De Niro film in the topic for that week. So for this week, it is gangster films, because I mean, you can't talk about De Niro and not talk about gangster films. And of course, you would think if you're talking about like mobster films, the obvious, duh, the Godfather trilogy, but the Godfather trilogy deserves an episode of its own. So it will be next week. This week we're talking mobster films. We've seen three films, or Daniel has seen three films. Um, Hi. And yeah, and uh, two of them have Robert De Niro in them. One of them does not. Um, it just so had like... Two of them have Robert De Niro because, I mean, you you almost have to try to find a gangster film that does not have De Niro in it. Like, I, you have to look. It <laughs> so. wasn't easy, but I found <laughs> at least two. Yeah. No, that don't have De Niro in it. And that oh, would yeah. be Donnie Brasco, which is, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, um, he's really good. Like, I know Robert De Niro as that, um, that guy that does a lot of stupid comedies. See, this is why you have this assignment. Yeah. Because if your frame of reference for Robert De Niro is fucking meet the parents or some shit, no, we need to retrain your whole system. That is, in order to get your movie buff card, you need to be well-steeped in De Niro as far as the gangster films. So that's why you were given The Untouchables, Goodfellas, and Donnie Brasco. Yeah, because up until now, the only uh, real mob movie that I've seen 
um, in earnest is the John Wick franchise. And that's got like weird made up Not shit. Even for the Italian mob. mob. That's Russian mob. Yeah. That's so. Plus, uh, John Wick isn't really about the mob. It's about a guy playing a video game on easy mode. <laughs> I wouldn't say easy mode. That's it's, it's pretty rough. Although, like, that did give me a, um, another topic because we could do, like, um, Eastern Promises and John Wick and talk about the um, the Russian mob. That'd be fun. Because that's, like, a whole separate genre. But anyway, this week we're talking about the American-Italian mob. So go for it. Let's start with Untouchables. What, that right. was the first movie you saw. What did you think about Untouchables? So, so I watched like uh, 40 Minutes of the Godfather and then I'm like, this is slow and boring. And everyone's like, yeah, because the first 40 minutes is like the entire wedding scene. And I'm like, okay, so it wasn't so boring. It was just only had one scene. So when I saw the Untouchables, I'm like, okay, monster movies, they're kind of slow and methodical. And I'm like, no, this one's fucking breezing through. Well, to be fair, the Untouchables has a lot to get through because it's coming from the perspective of both Elliot Ness and Al Capone. So you've got like the two factions, it's kind of like revving up to it, building to a crescendo where you've got like the two factions, you know, like you have to kind of introduce you to why the war is about to happen and then the war and then like the conclusion. So there's, there's, there's two sides. There's a bit more information to give you and they try to keep it in that like two hour time frame. Whereas with the uh, the Godfather, this came out in the late seventies. Came out at the same time as um as Star Wars, uh, yeah, Untouchable, uh, not Untouchables. Godfather. Um, okay. the Godfather came out at the same time as Star Wars, and um, they it was a time when if directors were greenlit, then and they were then if they were greenlit, then they were like, yeah, here, fuck it, just just don't ask us for anything. Like the studios would be like, <laughs> we'll give you this budget and you have to, you know, produce on this schedule, but don't ask for a damn thing. So that's why Lucas had the, you know, the ability to make Star Wars the way he made it. Similarly, that's why Coppola had the ability to make The Godfather the way he did it. So he had more free reign. Cause like, if you were to try to make The Godfather now, the studio is going to be all up your ass with notes. Like what the fuck? The wedding scene lasts 40 minutes. Why are you crazy? Like, so that's why <laughs> it was done at a time when they could, as long as the studios thought they were going to make a profit, there was minimal interference, but at the same time, there was no help. Like they didn't have a producer that would like go to the studio on their behalf. It was like, no, fuck you. You're on your own. You have a budget of $20. Figure <laughs> it out. Um, do you <laughs> so, think that because budgets have inflated so much, that's why studios are up your ass about everything? Well, okay, so the um, the unspoken thing about the movie industry is most movies do not make a profit. Most movies lose money. So that's why studios are all up your ass. And yes, everything costs more um, because this the age, everything with inflation, everything, the price of everything has skyrocketed. And so now when you go to make a movie, it costs so much more. So when you don't make that back, you lose so much more. So that's why movies like Endgame can literally save a studio. You just need like two end games and you're good. That's why as soon as um, Far From Home crossed the billion dollar mark, Sony was like, nah, fuck you bitches. We're keeping Spider-Man. <laughs> that was, the that, exact, the that was an exact quote. Uh, I read that in Variety. <laughs> well, and so the sad thing is like, it's Marvel that made the money because Marvel did, you know, Marvel created the movie, but Sony put up the money for it. But it was like, it was all, it was Kevin Feige and everybody in his team that did it. 
And of course, they're trading on the fact that people didn't know that that's not actually a Marvel film because it had the Marvel label and it's at least part of the MCU. So everybody, so they got, they took advantage of the Marvel label and the Marvel people to make that billion. But as soon as they did, they were like, okay, I'm taking my toys back. <laughs> so, so anyway, all of that to say that the reason why studios are so up your ass is because they're trying to make at least something back. Because a lot of people think like, what do you mean most movies don't make money? If a movie costs 300 million to make and it made 400 million back, then it made 100 million. No, it lost about 200 million. Because, because of marketing is not and the marketing. Unfed? Exactly. Uh, marketing is about, marketing is about double. So like pretty much whatever it shows that it costs to make that movie, you can double that. And that's what marketing, that's what the cost of the movie and marketing is. Marketing is almost exactly the same as the original budget. So they have to make double just to break even. So like perfect example, like Endgame, if it cost them $350 million, they had to make $700 million to make a dollar, to make a dollar's worth of profit. So when they made a billion, they're like, hey, we made actual money. Hooray. That's why there's so much. Yeah. So right. anywho. Okay. Back to Untouchables. Okay. Um, it's fucking great. I love the poster, by the way, because you got Al Capone in the background and you got all of, you got the main cast. Plus, this has a, like a fucking solid cast. Got yes. Kevin Costner, Sean Connery. Sean Connery does fuck all now. I but, mean, he's like 104. That's true. But Sean Connery, Charles Martin Smith. Yeah, he's nobody. Um, uh, Robert De Niro, Garcia. though. So the big actors are uh, Kevin Costner, Andy Garcia, Robert De Niro, and Sean Connery. They're all fucking great. They are. This entire team is like, we got to take down the mob. All right, let's act like gangsters. Yeah. And so Sean, and so they're like, they're trying, and they have the accountant because everyone knows how Al Capone was taken down. He had to spend like 11 years in prison because of tax evasion. And it's like, if we can't get him on anything else, we're going to get him on this fucking thing. Yeah. So before I saw the movie, when I was a kid, having known the story of like Elliot Ness and Al Capone, I thought Untouchables was referring to Al Capone because he, he, you know, largely considered himself untouchable. Every single time the government tried to go after him, he'd walk away scot-free. And so I thought it was Untouchables was referring to him, but it's actually referring to the G-men who went after him, who it turns out were not untouchable because the mafia can just try to go after your family. They're like, okay, well, I can't kill you. I'll kill your kid and your wife and everybody you know, your neighbor. Yeah, it's really, um, it's really interesting that he's like, I don't want anyone with families. Don't get me anyone with families because he knows what will happen. And he has a family and they yep. were in danger throughout the entire movie. Yep. Yeah. Kevin Costner um, is playing a, um, a dad that cares about his kids. Interesting. That's different. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that in reference to? I don't know. Maybe you okay. shouldn't tell your kid to murder kids. That that's probably not a bad thing. So, oh man of steel, you son of a bitch! I, okay, <laughs> I was like, what the hell movie are you talking about? Oh, you yeah, no, no. See, we're never gonna. Let, I thought you would let it go. I thought you came to. You were in a good place <laughs> when we did the DCEU episode. It was cathartic. You had your therapy session. I thought you'd moved on. Apparently not. Ah, oh, I'll never let it go. Uh, okay, Rose. I just don't, don't actually care. Um, this is this is great. 
so you have uh, so no one knows how to take down the mob, and then they don't know how to take down Al Capone, and then Sean Connery comes in and is like, just fucking do it. Everyone knows where it is. Just don't go through all this bureaucracy stuff. Bureaucracy is the worst. Mm. See, that's the thing. Like, in order to that's why our like law enforcement is so ineffective because law enforcement has laws that they have to go by but criminals don't have laws they have to go by because that's why they're fucking criminals so you have to go through 45 miles of red tape to be able to like knock on their door and they're like by the time you get through all that red tape i'll have been across the country like good luck so it's just like bureaucracy is so ridiculous i say as this podcast was delayed because of fucking unemployment bureaucracy on my end oh anyway back to untouchable yeah that's slightly upsetting um yeah point is is bureaucracy is bad kids yeah (laughs) chaos say no order uh um uh communism wait what i don't know communism coming from uh no bureaucracy just fucking who cares i mean Okay, I guess. I don't really know know. where we were going on that. Sure. Anywho, so Malone comes in and is like, yo, just fucking take the bitches out. Like, fuck bureaucracy. Just do it. And Ness was like, no, we can't do that. But also, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, that's pretty much what happens. He's like, no, no, no. But yes. Like, it's that thing where, like, you're saying no, but you're nodding at the same time. You're like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Dates like that. I'm on the record for saying no, but yes, just do it. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot in this movie because they have to take down a fucking organized crime syndicate. I don't know what the name of their gang is, but do they have a name? Is this Batman? Is this Batman? Do, is there a name for these guys who are just like Al Capone and the others? No, it's just he was trying. He was going specifically for Al Capone. So it's just organized crime. It's just a mafia. Like the whole, you just call it the mafia, but in this particular case, he's going specifically after Al Capone. But in order to get to Al Capone, who's at the top, to see the way the US government works is if there's some type of organization, oh, we just take out the person at the top, and then obviously, like you cut off the head, then the, it dies, right? Well, no, because some organizations are, some organizations work better than that. Some organizations are like Hydra, cut off one head, two grove, one place. But the U.S. government like has this model of get the guy at the top, and that takes it out. In this case, that actually did work because when you got Capone, like organized crime did kind of it went underground in Chicago. It didn't end. I'm not saying it's over, but like it it, it calmed down quite a bit once Capone was arrested. Um, so it was like so it was like that, the end of it like calmed the, down the after Capone was arrested. But was it because he was arrested or because they stopped? Uh, what the fuck is it called? Uh, prohibition. prohibition yeah it's the latter but it was coincidence <laughs> so sad but it's true um yeah it will so nowadays um drug cartels that do like marijuana so a lot of people are like well then fuck it legalize marijuana or like yeah. legalize all drugs and then you stop the cartels yeah but then they'll just find something else. like they're you're not gonna ever end organized crime they'll just find something else to smuggle in it's 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 just the thing that's prohibited is the thing that they're going to deal in. So whatever is illegal, they're going to deal in, they're going to traffic in that. So as soon as alcohol became legal, but they made marijuana, at the time, marijuana wasn't technically illegal. Um, <clears throat> as soon as alcohol became legal and then they, they made marijuana illegal, 
then people are like, all right, fuck it. We'll go to marijuana. Yeah, so, fuck it. You're so, not, yeah, you're never going to stop or you're never going to stop criminals. Like that, you have to completely change human nature in order to not have criminals. Like you're, you're never going to completely squash the problem. But if you change the means, that's going to put several of them out of business. And it would detract from people wanting to join because as we'll mention in the Goodfellas, like there's a reason why people wanted to be mobsters and, um, and Goodfellas is an excellent, like an excellent portrait at why that was. So if you take away, like in Goodfellas, it wasn't alcohol, it was drugs um, or even protection. So again, you're never going to get rid of that type of situation, you know, that, that type of criminal element altogether. But when you change the when you change the um, the thing that they're all doing, then it's going to change their structure, and it'll make it so fewer people maybe will join in. Organized crime has something to organize around. Yeah, yeah, and that's my thing. Like, there's always going to be crime, and because there's always going to be crime, there's always going to be somebody smart enough to organize. So you're never going to completely stomp out organized crime. You'd have to change human nature. It's not going to happen. So. But again, like the mafia had its heyday and the thing that knocked out its heyday was taking out, was, was um, ending prohibition. But then it got like, after the mafia, then you just have like a resurgence of like smaller gangs. So instead of like mobsters, now you have gangsters. So like, is that better? No. Well, I'm but, glad we know. clarified that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so anyhow. So Anything like, else you want to say? Yeah, I like cop shows, and I like the um, I like cop shows. I like watching uh, investigation investigations of crime, and I like exploring um, how crime works. And this is this is great. Uh, I like seeing their investigation. I like seeing mm-hmm. how um, how dark uh, things get and how much danger they're actually in. I like seeing both sides of it because, like, you all, you had the Elliot Ness side, you had the Al Capone side. And I liked it where it was like, every time Ness did something, Capone had an answer. I, so I, what I liked the most was the fact that it was two intelligent men going up against each other. They didn't give you the disservice of it being like one genius and an idiot. It was like two really intelligent men like in 3D chess trying to like play each other. And that's I, what I liked. I really like... Uh, two geniuses going against each other and having an answer for everything and then it's just who outlasts or who like finds that one weakness well it's just like they said in the movie um i think it was capone who was yeah it was capone at first and then ness later um when he was like to the way to find out who wins is when it when the fight is over who's left standing and um, um, and capone says it and then ness like charges at him when he's like who's standing (laughs) It's just kind of funny. It is. Um, <laughs> Anywho. Robert De Niro plays Capone, for the record. He's fucking phenomenal. There's a reason that he has played, uh, that he played gangsters for like a decade. He's really good at it. Yeah. It was more than a decade. Because yeah. this, was... yeah, this came out at the end of the 80s. And... I mean, technically he played, uh, the last one he played was last year. Right. He, he does these, he's kind of, it's kind of this thing. It's, it's kind like of this a... thing. Here's a question for you. Uh, so when did um, so? As far as I can tell, like gangsters, mobsters, crime syndicates, that kind of genre was around a lot during the seventies and eighties. Probably started with The Godfather. Mm-hmm. 
has that ever stopped? Did that slow down? What happened to that? I mean, you just said The Irishman came out last year. Yeah, but like, it doesn't, it feels like this dominated the box office the same way superhero movies are doing now. No, okay. So what really dominated the box office at the time that this came out was Star Wars. Um, The Godfather did well, but um, so, okay, when the God... So when The Godfather and Star Wars, when their first iterations first came out, they did well. Star Wars blew it away. Um, And then they both had sequels in the early 80s. So that all happened like the year I was born or like the year before I was born. Um, And then when the second one came out, I think the second Godfather had a bit more hype behind it um, than the first one did because the first one was like, like people went to see it and then they were like, oh, okay, that's good. Some people didn't like it. Um, and then the second one came out. So um, when we talk about The Godfather, I'll get into why some people didn't like it. But um, when the second Godfather came out, it was, it became like a cultural thing, but I don't think, it's it's another, like Godfather and Star Wars are both things, well, not Star Wars. Star Wars was popular at the time, but Godfather was a thing that like, it's become more popular with time than it was originally. That's not to say it wasn't popular, but like Star Wars dominated the box office for over a year. Wow, The really? Godfather wasn't anywhere close to that. So like it wasn't, it, I wouldn't say The Godfather dominated the box office is what I'm saying. Like The Godfather was popular, but like it wasn't. So if you're going to draw a, a parallel between, between those movies and like movies now, like Endgame, Star Wars would have been Endgame. The Godfather would have been like, I don't know, like a DC film like, <laughs> good and does well and merits a sequel, but it's not on the level of like Endgame. that like, like that. That's what I would say. All right. So it's the not as good superhero movies. Mm, well, cause I mean, superhero movies kind of dominate. Yeah. Um, cause like, I can't think of another movie, another franchise. Like right now, if you look at the top 20 movies, like 11 of them are superhero movies. <laughs> so if not more, um, but I know like I think three of the top four are the <laughs> in the highest. Bless you. Thanks. Um, like in the highest grossing films of all time, actually of all time it might be different. But uh, if you look at um, like the highest grossing films now, like four or five of them. Oh, Star Wars. That would be the other one. So it's weird because it's like you, you got. I can't. I don't want to mention Star Wars in like when using Star Wars as an example. I don't know. It's weird. Um, Oh, trust but me, like, it's you. You always bring Star Wars up. And besides, yeah, Star Wars, no, no. What I Star mean Wars is, like, is, like, part of culture, whether for good and for bad. Yeah, but what I, what I meant was I I was comparing The Godfather to Star Wars, so I don't want to use Star Wars in my comparison for now. That's what All I mean. Because, right. like, I don't want to say Star Wars when I already... When Star Wars was on the front end, I don't want to say Star Wars, Star Wars on the back end. But um, it's kind of like... I guess you would say it's kind of like Star Wars, where, like, yeah, it did well... But Star Wars isn't touching Endgame. Like, it's just not. Let's no. be realistic. Not um, anymore. Yeah. Like, um, but it did well. Okay, so of the top movie, top five movies of all time, one of them is The Force Awakens. Two of them are Avengers movies. And Disney owns all of them. Yeah, Disney owns everything. It's not great. Literally, Disney owns... Number one is Avengers Endgame. Number two is Avatar, which is now under Disney. Number three is Titanic, which is also now under Disney. 
Um, number four is Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, which is Disney. And number five is Avengers Infinity War, which, which is Disney. <clears throat> number six isn't Disney, though. It's Jurassic World. That's Universal. But, oh, yay. But, numbers, um, but number seven and eight are both Disney. And, uh, and also number 10. Shoot. And then number 11, 12, 14... 16, 17, 18, 20, 22. Holy shit, there's a lot of Disney on this. <laughs> well, Disney owns everything. 26. Holy damn. So, yeah, so it, she- it looks like the only studio that can compete with Disney is Universal. Like, Sony has like one entry every 20. I cut most of it out, but she counted up to the top 100. 98 is Disney. The other one is, uh, the other two are Universal. I, pretty much, because I'm looking and I'm like, holy shit. Because, like, okay, in the, in the top 10, it's literally, because, it, okay, technically, Avatar and Titanic were not Disney when they came out. But Disney I has since bought that the we, companies. I vote that we don't count those, and we only count Disney production, because Disney owns everything. Right. Um, but the thing is, Disney has since bought the companies that created Avatar and Titanic, which yeah. makes them now Disney properties, which is why you can watch them on Disney+. Plus. Why make movies when you can buy movies? Well, you know, and then, um, well, they still, I mean, the number one is still Disney, a Disney movie. I love this poster. Sorry, I'm as well as number four and number five. Yeah, there's a lot. Seven, eight, and ten. Anyway, (laughs) okay, (laughs) a lot of Disney. I'm not gonna lie. It's basically like three or four Disney, every five is like three to four Disney, one Universal or Sony. But a majority of it is is universal. So I mean, that's why Blumhouse works so well. Blumhouse works well because they're like, "Hey, why don't we make movies for like ten bucks? What can we make for ten bucks? Fucking Invisible Man. We don't even have to hire like an actor for most of it. It's, we can just pull a string. Oh, look, here's the budget: a piece of string and a fucking chair. Ooh, <laughs> Invisible. Now that so, yeah, okay. Talking about Blumhouse. Invisible Man. They actually did, they didn't use CGI for all that. They had him, well, I mean, they used CGI to like make him disappear, but there actually was an actor. That's why it looks so realistic. So when she's grabbing somebody's arm, she's actually grabbing someone's arm that's just a blue screen, but he's there. There's a physical person. Like, that's why it's so realistic when like she's fighting and it looks like she's, she's, it looks like, like her, her fist naturally stops at something. There's actually a person she's hitting. That's cool. So they CGI'd him out. Yes. But the whole time that he was invisible and doing something, there was actually a person in a full green screen getup that like, and it was the actor, the actor who, um, Adrian, that's why it was so that it's like perfectly matched to his height. So it looks like she's actually fighting him. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they did have to actually hire someone like the actor got to, he only has like four scenes in the entire movie where his face is actually shown, but he's in the entire movie all the way through. (laughs) Because all the scenes where there's nobody there, he's actually physically standing there. So that's fun. Anywho. Anywho. Um, okay. So moving on from the Untouchables, on okay. to Donnie Brasco. Um, so Donnie Brasco is about this undercover agent played by Johnny Depp, who is really acting in this, which is shocking for him for these days. I mean, see, this is why Don this is why Johnny Depp is gonna be one of your actors. Mm-hmm. Because when you said that, you were like, Johnny Depp is actually acting, and I'm like, yeah. Johnny Depp's an excellent actor. And you were like, what? And I'm like, okay, that's it. He's going on the list. Not a single damn Tim Burton movie is going to be on this list, by the way. <laughs> because that's all the shit. I hate Tim Burton. 
I can't stand his directing. Whatever, we'll get into my Tim Burton rant later. But yes, Johnny Depp is a damn good actor, and you are watching What's Eating Gilbert Grape. I'm pretty sure that the reason I uh, think Tim, uh, I think uh, Johnny Depp is a bad actor is because all I've seen him in is Pirates of the Caribbean, which he was good in, Sweeney Todd, which I liked, but you're not going to watch, and um, the rest of it is just like Tim Burton and Johnny Depp doing things. Yeah. Actually, you know what? The next actor should be um, Al Pacino, because I just realized that like we started with Robert De Niro, right? And then the the one movie that he's not in, Al Pacino's in. And then the next movie series that we're going to do is The Godfather, which he's in all three. So that kind of naturally lends it to Al Pacino being the next actor. So yeah, decision made. May's actor for you is going to be Al Pacino. Cool. So there we go. I'm on board. Um, I've already seen like two of his movies. Oh, you're going to see three next week. I'm excited. He's in all three of The Godfather. Um, I'm not going to make you watch Scarface simply because I think it's a stupid movie. It is a classic movie, so if you want to get your movie buff card, you're going to have to watch it. But, mm, eh. I've given up on trying to be a movie buff. I'm just like, I'm just going to just coast somebody. It's just like, I don't need to be a movie buff. Uh, Movie buff involves me watching like 50 movies a week for the next year. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm playing D&D. Well, I'm not anymore, so I might actually get my movie buff card. (laughs) If I you say watch, all that to be like it's all just disregard everything. It, it, I well, to be fair, I I have hobbies outside of watching movies. That's why I like watching movies because I don't. It's not all I do. Mm-hmm. If I if I only watched movies, then I would want to quit the podcast, and we'd have to change the format, and I'd be miserable. <laughs> which was kind of where we were on the road to. Which is why mm. I'm like, let's just not do that. Yeah. So it's just a lot. Here's the thing about Apatrino. Apatrino is in a lot of gangster movies as well. So we're just sort of also doing him as a side of We're kind of parallel. Okay, so there you go. We're going to, you know what? Because I thought about that as you were saying it. And I was like, you know, because like um, after Godfather is going to be heist movies and he's in heat with Robert De Niro. So it's kind of like, they're kind of twins. So we can kind of do like a Robert De Niro, Al Pacino thing. And I'm pretty sure we can find, like, for the categories we have left, we can have one or both of them in all of these. Fantastic. Saves time. It really does. Ooh. Yeah. So, anywho. Just saying. Good fellas? Like, um, well, we didn't talk about uh, Donnie Brasco. Oh, so, yes. So, okay. So, Gil- Donnie Brasco. Yeah. It's based on a true story and uh, basically shows how the FBI is a bunch of dickheads. Yeah. That's my take on it. I mean, you might have a different one. It's um, it's great. You know, I uh, wonder if this is why my phone is tapped. No, I'm just kidding. Or well, I mean, your Facebook certainly is. My Facebook is tapped. Yeah, Facebook is logging everything you do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the NSA, not the FBI. Oh, there's a difference. Oh yeah. It's all yeah, the yeah, government. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, so we've got CIA, FBI, NSA. We've got all the letters, all the so three letters. letters. It's a, it's a lot of them and they don't like talk to each other. So they all just like collect your information and know everything about you. Basically Hydra is real. It's real life Hydra. It's uh, what's going on. Except it's not as organized as Hydra because Hydra is like one organization. Whereas you just fracture it amongst all the letters. Uh, watch out for the ABC. Yeah. Right. Um, so, okay. So anyway, Donnie Brasco, Johnny Depp is an undercover FBI agent 
who is um, sent to infiltrate the mafia and his in is Lefty played by Al Pacino and um, he's undercover for a it takes him like two years three just years to breach the level oh, yeah. to meet Lefty and then even after that he's undercover for like another year or two yeah so yeah and, so they have um they had clues to what year it was and it was like it ended like the last year was in 89 so it started in 86 uh it was three years and then uh 86 yeah 86 or something uh so it started in the mid 80s and then ended in 89 towards 89 or 90 and that this came out then like se- seven years later seven or eight years later mm-hmm. it came out so in 97 so that's yeah. interesting so this um, was so this was based on a book based on the true story who wrote the book um i think it was the guy who did it like the i don't know i'd have to look it up but i think i think it was the guy uh, i don't know if it was joe or if it was a like a ghostwriter or something i don't know anyhow um but anywho um that's the uh so this really happened like joe pistone was a real person and this is like a loose characterization. Okay, so it actually happened between 1976 and 1981. Between September of 76 and July of 81. Okay. That's when this took place. The, the real life events took place. And they adapted it. Did they move it uh, in the movie or did I just get the dates wrong? You just got the dates wrong. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's fine. It doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> but anyway... Uh, so yeah, he he infiltrates the mob. He um, becomes a um, he becomes part of it. Accidentally, kind of moves up under Sunny Red um, because Lefty is like every, like no matter what Lefty does, he can't really get a prom- a promotion in the mob. And um, and this the sad thing is like. Donnie is able, like, Donnie kind of gets a promotion to be, like, right under, left to be, uh, not right under, but, like, he basically gets a, a promotion that kind of leapfrogs him above Lefty. Kinda, and he's like, fuck, yeah. I have to fix this. But what, what I liked about that scene, though, when Sonny was talking to him, and, um, and he was like, oh, I can't do it. Okay, so the, re- the original reason why he said, I can't do it, is because he wanted to go back to his family. Remember, he didn't want to stay in Florida. His family lives in New York, but they don't know he has a family because that's the real family. So he originally was like, no, like I need to go back to New York, but he was able to easily cover it by making it seem like I don't want to leapfrog Sonny. Or, I don't want to leapfrog Lefty. Which technically he didn't because was his job to bring down Lefty or the other guy? Who, what other guy? Um, Sonny. Was it Sonny? Who's above uh, Lefty that promoted him? Sonny Red. That was, um, but Michael, Ma- you know who the actor is, right? You know actor yeah, is? Michael, Michael Madsen. Uh, Madison. Yeah, Michael Madsen was Sonny. Okay, Sonny right. Red. Because you remember there's Sonny Red, Sonny Black. Anyway, uh, Michael um, Madsen sorry. He, Michael Sonny Madsen Black. was Sonny Black. Other way, Sonny Black, yeah. Um, so anyway, Michael Madsen played Sonny. Remember on the boat when he was talking to Donnie and he was like, hey, you, I'm bringing you in. You're going to go, you're going to stay here in Florida and run this operation. At first, when Donnie was like, no, 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 I want to go back to New York, or I have to go back to New York, what he meant was like, I need to get back to my family. I can't stay in Florida. And then, but then as they kept talking, he made it seem like the reason he didn't want to stay in Florida is because he didn't want to like kind of snake left. So it 
to me, that's that was like a brilliant maneuver that he did. Um, because the mafia doesn't know he has a family. They think that he's an orphan with no kids or a wife. So, yeah. it's um, Speaking of which, you said that um, you didn't like that undercover agent. Uh, you said that undercover agents shouldn't have families exactly for this reason. Yes, I did. Because, well, because think about it. Like, okay, so throughout the whole movie, they you like you check in on his family and it turns out like he's married and he has three daughters and he's a shit dad because he's a really good FBI agent and it's like you can be one or the other you can either be a really good FBI agent and go undercover and be able to live in that world and be able to like move up the ranks and everything or you can be a good dad and go to every soccer meeting and go to you know catechism and blah 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 you can't do both. You can't be able to make it to every rehearsal and all of the important dates in your kids' lives and be in Florida undercover, you know, in the mafia. That's why I said you need, like, really, if you're going to be doing undercover work, especially undercover something like the mafia, where you have to infiltrate and, like, live as that, you should be single and have no attachment. And it also, um, they didn't really get into it in this, but, like, you're if you're married how are you going to explain like you're going to have to cheat on your wife because if they're going to get fishy it's going to get they're, they're going to think something's wrong with you if you don't screw other women while you're down there because they're going to be like why aren't you having sex with women like like what's wrong with you so they kind of glossed over that but there are other movies where like they go into that where it's like yeah you have to live that life in order to be undercover because you do anything wrong they can smell it they can because like these guys like they're paranoid for a reason because they're that's how they don't get taken down also when we get to goodfellas you see um like in in goodfellas she mentions um that everybody that they knew was who they were around there was never anybody new that's so they don't get caught it's yeah. they're insulated for a reason so that's why like they're very protective about not letting they don't let anybody new in because a new person can be somebody you know, a new person might be fbi like donnie was that's why like and and even in this movie when um when lefty was like no you know you don't just vouch for somebody you have to know them which is why donnie in turn didn't want to vouch for the dude in florida so um yeah it's it's a very like insulated um situation where they're just like you grow up like the people in the mafia are the people who grew up in the mafia so they know your mother your father your where you go to work where you go to church they know who you have sex with they know who you talk to they know everything that way they know like now it that it not only provides like community but it also provides leverage so they know you're not going to talk if you get arrested they know you're not a cop because they've known you your whole life so it's ah uh... There's a scene in this where um, they go to, uh, I don't know where they went, but it was, um, uh, I think it was Chinese. And then they had to take their shoes off. Was it Chinese or Japanese? Japanese. Okay. So it was a Japanese, because it, it was a sushi house. Mm -hmm. And um, part of Japanese culture is you take off your shoes. Well, he couldn't because he keeps his, um, his recorder in his boot because he records everything. And if he were to take off his shoes, they're going to see their recorder. Yeah, so, and it was really yeah. tense because everyone's like, just take off your fucking shoes. What are you doing? And then he has And to, again, he brilliantly gets out of it, he's, it by was just so going clever. racist. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, I can just be racist and then just leave. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was clever. 
Well, I mean, they didn't just leave. They beat the shit out of the owner and I mean, sat there anyway. Fair, but he didn't have to take yeah. off his shoes. Um, because and it he, didn't seem fishy. Because he pretended to yeah, be racist and everyone's like, yeah, I get it. You're racist. Who cares? Yeah, well, his, so his backstory was um, that he was an orphan. So he just went with the backstory and he was like, my parents were like, I'm an, I was orphaned because my parents were killed by the Japanese in World War II. And it's like, oh, there it is. Perfectly lines up. And the timing works out because this is, you know, this was in the 80s. So makes sense. He would have been a kid at that time. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like, all right, sure. <laughs> Go Honestly, for it. Honestly, <laughs> if I had paid any attention to math, I would have been like, no, that's, yeah, that's about right. I would have figured yeah, out. That, that's, why, that's why I was like, it was brilliant. He was able to think on his feet and just be like, boom, part of my character backstory. There it is. It's so, yeah. clever. Keeping track of lies um, seems hard so you keep things vague unless it comes up well see and that's the thing like that's why i was saying like it needs to be you you need to be single because you can't you you can't tell too many lies you have to when you're undercover in a situation like that because again like they're gonna sniff that shit out so you have to be as accurate as possible so you have to live the lie so he had like that's why it worked because everybody knew he was an orphan but he didn't go into why he was an orphan so that's the first time he ever mentioned it and it follows suit with everything he's been saying all along but if he was just like oh i have a, a foot thing they would have been like just take off your fucking shoes like they wouldn't have let it go but it's like again you gotta live the lie if you can live the lie then you can get away with it so but the problem is like like what happened in the movie like his, when his wife was like you're becoming one of them and he turned around and he's like no i am one of them because that's how he stays alive. He has to become one of them in order to, in order to stay in the, in the group and in order to stay alive. Because if they, again, for one moment, they think something's fishy, they will kill him. And that's exactly what he saw. Like, and that's why he was like, they're going to kill Lefty. He's like, if I don't do, like, if they, if they pull me out, they're going to kill Lefty. That's why he stayed in that extra year. Specifically because, and he was trying to get Lefty to be like, hey, I'll buy you a boat get on the fucking boat and go far away because the mafia can't find you in like, you know, Zimbabwe or some shit. Just go live somewhere else. Cause if you stay, they're going to kill you. What, what um, did, um, what was in that article that he gave, um, Johnny Depp that made him think that he was an FBI agent? Oh, you don't remember. It was a picture of the boat. Remember the boat that he had to get when they were in Florida and the FBI gave him the boat, but were stupid enough to not scrub it. So um, the boat that they gave him was involved in a bust against Saudis. And the newspaper article had a picture of that boat, which is the exact same boat that they were on with the exact same name, lefties, like left hand or something like that. And so he was like, so as soon as he had it on that clipping, he was like, that boat was an FBI boat. And again, he brilliantly got out of it. He was like, you think I knew that was an FBI boat? I just got it from someone. Like I had a certain amount of time and I just got the boat from whoever I, whoever I got it from. I swear to God, it wasn't an FBI boat. Cause if it was an FBI boat, we would have been taken down on that boat, but we all made it off. So we're okay. Aren't we? And so he kind of like, kind of got out of it that way, but not really. Cause it, now he's looking at him different. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the FBI totally fucked him on that one. <laughs> yeah. The FBI's a, uh, missed that, uh, minor detail. Fucking morons. Um, and it reminds me of a real story. Um, I, I'm gonna be vague because I half remember this, but there was a uh, there was an FBI agent who was undercover, and one of the one of the um, 
knew one of the people that they were talking to, maybe it was involved in drugs or something. One of the people that I was talking to was like, that guy's working for the FBI, saw him, he was there when he got arrested, when we got arrested. And he managed to somehow turn it around to trick them into thinking that he was the one undercover. So someone, so, yeah, someone ratted him out um, because uh, they knew that he was working for the FBI. And then mm. he managed to convince them that the guy that ratted him out was the one that was undercover and he was trying to get him killed. That sounds familiar, but I don't know what that's from. It's a true story that happened. Yeah, but I've, I have a feeling like that was in a movie somewhere. Uh, I mean, could have been. Um, okay, so the name of the book was Donnie Brasco, My Undercover Life in the Mafia. Sounds like an autobiography. It is an autobiography. It was written by Joseph Pistone and, or Pistone, I guess it was Pistone because he's not actually Italian. I don't know. I think he is Italian. Anyway, whatever. Joseph Pistone and Richard Woodley. Um, you must be really confident so, yeah. that no one's after you if you're going to write a fucking book. Well, I mean, he is in the FBI and they all went to jail. So, I mean, both those things. That, that'll give you safe. And also, um, didn't it say at the end that he went to witness that his family, he and his family had to move? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. Went into witness protection. So they went into like kind of FBI witness protection. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about with Donnie Barasco? As a side note, I'm loving all of these posters. Okay. I just, I love this poster. It's black and white. It's um, like it was, uh, the image is of the two of them. And it's like someone's photographing them with one with a long lens. Oh, yeah. Well, because they were. The FBI was taking pictures. Yeah. But like, I, it's a good design for the poster. Indeed. Okay. So, Goodfellas. What did you think about that? I thought, have I seen this before? Because a lot of it looks familiar, but then I'm like, no, it's just been around in pop culture for ages. So I just saw it by proxy. That's what I think is so interesting about watching these movies with you because you like, yeah, I'd seen all these movies and before there were memes or even laptops, I'd seen the originals so that by the time the memes and gifs came along, I knew like I had the frame of reference. I knew what it was from. But for you, like you saw Ray Liotta laughing and you were like, why have I seen that before? I'm like, you've seen it a million times before. Yeah, it's, uh, it's that it's gif. And all over everywhere. <laughs> is that gif? Um, he has, he has pulls out some funny faces in that. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the whole like, um, funny how. Oh, funny, I saw am that comedian? scene. Am I, am I comedian you? <laughs> I saw that scene. That but, whole thing has been done in movies like a hundred times. Yeah, I saw that that actual scene because I uh, there's a what's the name of it? Cinefix. I'm gonna say Cinefix. Cinefix did a list of the most tense movie uh, scenes in movies, and they had that scene and they analyzed it. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. I should watch Goodfellas. <laughs> yeah. So basically, to me, Goodfellas is the tale of. Joe Pesci's crazy. Joe Pesci and this is not is the first, this is not crazy. the only time. When you watch Casino, it's continuation of Joe Pesci's crazy. He's, I mean, a, he's a loose cannon that will get everybody killed if you don't do something about him. He was great. It is. Yeah. His character, Tommy. And it's like the whole time you're watching the movie, you're like, you got somebody's got to take out Tommy, man. You got to take out Tommy. It's got to be somebody from his team who's going to be like, Okay, you know, you got to stop the bleeding. <laughs> yeah, it's um, like, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so the scene that ev- that I think everyone knows from this is the funny house scene. That fucking scene is just 
just so ass clenching. It's <laughs> it's tense. You know he's definitely going to kill someone at some point when they insult him. But he's like, ah, it's fine. Who cares? Oh, I can't believe you fell like, for what, that. And I'm me, like, you're I definitely going to believe... kill someone. I can't believe that he didn't kill that they didn't kill him when he killed Spider. Because to me, it's like that's when when um like when De Niro was like, "What the fuck is the matter with you?" Like that would have been the time to be like, "Look, we got to do something about him." But instead, they're just like, "Oh, just get rid of Spider." Like what? Like he, you guys keep watching him. You're all just sitting around the cards table, just talk like trying to play cards, and he keeps ruining the vibe every single time. Like the reason why Spider told him to go fuck himself in the first place was because he shot him a couple weeks before like he's a douchebag (laughs) you gotta you gotta stem that and they were just like oh whatever and i'm like nobody thought that his recklessness was gonna eventually get you guys killed or pinched because he's too he keeps leaving bodies and like they said in the narration like you're not supposed to kill somebody if they're made that's how the movie started that's what eventually got him killed but so like to me like that any of these moments would have been a good time to be like mm, nah we need to take him out this like, is... and instead homeboy just sits there paulie's just like whatever man uh, what am i gonna do what am i gonna do what do you want me to do and i'm like you're the fucking head of it call it call the head on him be like yeah you gotta stem that shit you're too you're too out of control and either call a hit on like either tell him chill the fuck out or call a hit on him or pull a godfather which you haven't fucking seen well, that's because, it was, like, that's because everyone's like, you should watch the first two. And you're like, you should watch the trilogy. I'm like, why? But like, if I watch the trilogy, it's like nine hours long. No, oh no. If you watch the whole trilogy, uh, it's going to be like 11. But anyway. Um, oh. <laughs> it's, it's, but to be fair, um, only the first hour of the first one and then like the third one are are like require patience the rest is super entertaining it's all right cool once you get past the first hour of the godfather and again like i told you you have to pay attention because things that are explained the first hour is like exposition but in like a slow winding way but then if you weren't paying attention in that first hour when the second hour hits you're gonna be a little confused but then when that last when the third act kicks in you're not gonna have a fucking clue what's happening so you gotta so, pay attention to the first you gotta hour. pay attention to the whole thing yeah because like the names get confusing like mazzini mazzini like da, 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 and you're like wait what who's that what who's that guy what who the fuck is that wait who killed who now like why was that guy killed so yeah you gotta you gotta pay attention so that when things happen you're like oh okay that guy was killed because of that and because of this and then da, 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 da. there's, anyway, um, that's the there's people that um people um compare godfather and goodfellas some people like goodfellas better better some people think that those people are insane um i will let you know if the methodical first hour pays off uh, is worth the payoff of the second hour and if i like goodfellas better but i like goodfellas a lot i mean goodfellas is good goodfellas is like let's tell this one guy's life story in this short little you know tell the not his life what kind of his life story but tell his life story like in a short little thing um but yeah, I'm going to answer that question for you. Yes, it does. I mean, come the fuck on, man. It's the Godfather. Yes, it does pay off. Again, the first hour is slow as fuck, but that's fine. Information is being given. You're learning who people are. The second hour, a couple of things happen. A little, 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 little movement here right. going, a little, uh, little uh, moving around of the plot. A couple of characters. I think I watched things. it for like half an hour, and then I was like, 
this is boring as shit. And then I turned it off and watched fucking cartoons or something. And then after, yeah, it's not for the ADD inclined. It's not. Yeah. It's but it's still good. Just I mean, get through it, and you can like in that last all of the action of the Godfather, like physical action, all of the action happens in the last third. But you won't understand fuck all that happened or why if you didn't pay attention during the first hour. The first hour is nothing but a slow burn. Like there's no reason to lie about that. It is. It just is. The Godfather Part Two is not like that. The Godfather Part Two just hits the ground running. Good. So the Godfather Part Two is more like Goodfellas in that like it's a narrative. Um, the Godfather Part Two tells the story. It tells two stories at the same time, which is really telling you one story, and the story is that of a father and a son. But it tells you that by telling you, it's showing you how the son is rising to power, and it goes back and shows you how the father did the same. That's why De Niro's not in the first one because De Niro is the father, so he's he's only in flashbacks. Okay. Um, but it's still, I, I personally mm-hmm. think The Godfather Part 2 is better than The Godfather Part 1 is for that reason. Is it burn at the first hour? Um, you said it the second one. Not just that. You know so with, with, like I said, the structure of The Godfather is like it's a slow burn and things start to pick up and then everything happens so fast that you're like, whoa. Um, but then The Godfather Part 2 is just like, it's, it's more evenly paced, but also it's more... Um, it's more of a psychological narrative because the Godfather part one is telling you the Godfather tells you the story of um, basically the story of the end of the Godfather's life. And it ends with the rise of Al Pacino, the, the, the son, um, the Godfather part two is a dual story. Like I said, so it's telling you, it's showing you the rise of Michael and it, it coincides, like as it coincides with his father. And the reason why you need to watch part three is because the in, because part three is the end of Michael's life. And when you watch part three, you can then juxtapose that to part one, which was the end of his father's life. So part two is the two stories layered on top of each other, where you see the rise of how each of them became the Don. And the Don is like the head of the family. So you see how both of them became the Don. And that explains why in the third movie, when he says, when he's talking about his father, why am I so feared and he's so loved? So you have to see like all three of them to get the full story that they present. That's why I said you have to watch three. Is three good? Not really. But it's still, <laughs> it's like, if you want to know the Is whole good? Star Wars no. story. Is you it still four hours? Three. Maybe. No, it's not four hours. It's not, I think Godfather Part 3 is only like two and a half hours. Two, two, two and a half. I think they're all like right, they all clock in right around that two and a half hour mark. Something like that. Um, all right. Well, I look yeah. forward to watching two of them. Uh, <laughs> in, the mean, in the meantime, Goodfellas has... Okay, so I saw... So uh, Robert De Niro, uh, basically when uh, things are... Uh, when people are getting caught doing stuff and everything's gone to shit. Robert De Niro is like, just sit tight. Don't do anything. Was it him? I think it was him. Jimmy. One of them are you, one of them said are you talking uh, about Jimmy? I think so. One of them said, uh, don't do anything uh stupid. And then he immediately is like, So I bought all these drugs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Jimmy. Yeah, honestly, if everybody had listened to Jimmy, they would be fine. <laughs> Jimmy was very he was a hothead. Well, no, okay, so technically the hothead is Tommy, played by uh Joe Pesci. Um Jimmy was um was uh robert de niro and his character had no qualms killing people but only 
if it was necessary um but like yeah like if so like if he's on your door he's he's not gonna hear no so just just do it because if you tell him no he's gonna kill you so just do it like just look the other way just go along with it and then and you know everything's fine um so in that way he was level-headed like if you didn't give him any pushback you'd be kosher um but when it came to like the inner workings when it came to like how to get away with things yeah if you listen to him you're fine um so if you listened to like when he said he had the the best advice like they pull off this big score and he tells everybody do not spend money because the cops are going to be looking for like don't buy anything that you wouldn't normally buy act like it's just a regular friday i'm gonna give you your cut like every time he added people their, their cut he was like look i'm giving you your money you're not gonna spend a dime outside of what you normally spend hold on to this Honestly, I think the smarter thing for him to do would have been like, yeah, we pulled it off. And for the next month, I'm going to hold this money because you stupid motherfuckers are going to go buy a car and a fur coat and uh, fucking go on vacation in Guam and shit. And then the FBI is going to be like, oh, all you assholes are spending all the money. And that's exactly what happened. He gave them the money and he was like, don't do anything stupid. And all of them immediately did something stupid. They walk in with their wives in a fur coat. And he's like, what the fuck is that? This is a twenty thousand dollar fur coat. This is this like seventies, eighties. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? I just told you don't spend. Like, you just spent twenty thousand dollars in like this in the eighties. Like, what is wrong with you? And then somebody it was, was very like, hey. very weird that he kept mentioning the decade. <laughs> well, no, they didn't mention the decade, but like, I, I know. Like, so the reason the it's reason why funny. I'm saying it is because like twenty thousand dollars is a lot now, but that's not twenty. That wouldn't be twenty thousand dollars now. Twenty thousand dollars in the eighties would probably be close to like forty, fifty thousand dollars So like $20,000 back then, it's like, that's like basically like, hey, you just spent your entire like year's worth salary. You spent an, an average person's year's worth salary on one fur coat. And you think the FBI is not going to notice that? <laughs> like you just bought a brand new Cadillac, which even though they cost less than still, it's just the equivalent today. Like, yeah, go buy a brand new Cadillac. Everybody, if everybody in one particular crime family just so happens to be rolling in brand new Cadillacs immediately after a big, you know, a big heist goes down, they're going to be looking at them like, oh, these guys did it. And that's why he was like, you're all idiots. (laughs) You're all bloody morons. The smartest person in this entire gang is, uh, what's his name's wife? Yes. She didn't get killed because she was smart enough not to go into that damn dress up. She, yeah. She, she, oh, yeah. Um, so there's a scene where um, Ray Liotta's wife um, is told to go into a dress shop or to go and get some dresses. And at first she goes to wear, Lorraine Bracco is her real name. Um, Karen is her name in the movie. She, at first she's like, okay. So she goes to where they would be. Cause you know, she's at, um, she's at Jimmy's um, place, his, his, um, I don't know where it was, like a warehouse or something. And so she's where he would normally be, or she she's um, she goes to where the dresses would normally be, and he's like, no, 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 I have them down the street. So she's like, okay. And she goes, to, she's like looking around the corner, and he's like, no, 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 just you know, go farther down, go farther down. And when she gets about a block away, and turns and looks and sees that there's two big dudes in like this place, and that's where she's supposed to get dresses for her mom. She's like. No, I don't need any dresses. I'm good. All right, bye. <laughs> bye, guys. Um, 
I'm going to keep my head on my shoulders and I'm going to get in my car and drive the fuck away. Um, yeah. yeah. And she also, um, and she told, uh, what, what's his name? I, I can't think of his name. What character? Uh, he, she told Henry um, to not do anything stupid and he didn't listen to her and bought all these drugs and was like, don't worry, we got it. And then she's like, and then she is like, I had to flush all your drugs down the toilet or whatever because the fucking FBI was here and they were gonna, they were gonna find it. And he's like, that was literally all of our things. So he basically wasted all their money and invested it all in drugs. And then she's like, fucking idiot. Yeah. Um. So he was stupid. Um. So Polly, who was the head of the um of the crime family, he who was played by Paul um Paul Servino, anyway, he told them not to get involved with drugs. There are a lot of mafia people who didn't they didn't want to do especially drugs like heroin and crack. Um. Like if you watch The Gentleman, which you haven't. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey's character I haven't seen anything. is in is uh, yeah um, he's in um, marijuana, but he refuses to do any other drugs. So that other people are like, "Hey, you should get in the heroin game, or you should get in the crack game." And he's like, "Nope," because those drugs fuck people up. Marijuana just gets you high. That's it. You're not gonna die from a marijuana overdose. You can die from heroin or or cocaine or any of that other stuff. So he like got into just the the simple drug, um, but with um with the, the and it also in the godfather that's where everything goes belly up was somebody comes to a turk person comes to the godfather and was like look i want you like i have this deal on drugs the five families because you know it's organized crime um the other five families uh, are all ready to go into it and the godfather's like no i don't want anything to do with drugs it's messy in this case in the goodfellas is a similar situation paulie the head was like nope I don't want anything to do with drugs. It's not good. And he even told um, Henry, who was played by Ray Liotta, like, stay away from drugs. Like, don't do them yourself because it's going to fuck with your head. And he tells him, like, knock it off with that shit. So he immediately does the opposite. And that's why he couldn't go to Polly when, when everything was going down. The reason why he couldn't go to Polly was because this was not under Polly. Polly had told him not to do it. And um, the reason why Jimmy was going to kill Henry and Karen is because... Jimmy had done it too, and Jimmy didn't want Polly to find out that he was doing it because, again, Jimmy's the smartest fucking person in this movie. <laughs> so, Jimmy yeah. and Karen are the two most intelligent people in this entire fucking movie. Um, because Jimmy was like, like Jimmy sold the drugs, but Jimmy didn't do drugs. Henry was dumb enough to do the drugs as he was selling them, which is what was fucking up everything. That's why it caused him to he should have been more paranoid like when he was talking to his babysitter and he was like you know don't do it from the house he should have known fuck it she's gonna call from the house and he should have been like you know what never mind i'm calling it off i'll go to somebody else but he was so cracked out he didn't he just went ahead with it if he was doing something through polly he wouldn't have had to rely on her because he could have told polly like look the person you gave me to do this isn't gonna work i need to go through somebody else and they never would have gotten caught so all note, of this had to do with Henry being a dumbass. Yeah, uh, Henry was a dumbass. Really at this, at the start of the movie, he's like, "I'm not gonna get caught because the only people that get caught want to get caught because they they get careless." And then he immediately does that. Yeah, and well, see, that's the thing though. He 
when he was sober, he was perfectly fine. He was just like Polly and the rest of them. But as soon as he started doing drugs, that's what took him down. Rome fucks you up. I mean, he was paranoid, but it's not paranoia when they're really out to get you. Yeah, well, actually what fucked him up is he wasn't paranoid enough. That's how they were, remember, like like you said in the beginning when he was like, oh, the only people who go to jail are the people who want to go to jail. Well, I mean, he went to jail, but when they went to jail, like, could you really call it jail? Because he could come and go as he pleases. Oh, yeah. So this is when I thought the movie was over. I'm like, cool. He got arrested. And then it kept going. And I'm like, how long is this movie? And we're like halfway through. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) It's really, really good. But I'm like, wait, there's more? Damn. (laughs) But wait, there's more. Yeah, it was funny that you were thinking that because you were like, oh, so we're almost over, right? And I'm like, no, we're like halfway through. It was really weird. I, like because, now that you say that, I understand why you thought that because he had been arrested. Yeah, he got but arrested. But it wasn't. Yeah, like, but no, start, like that was the start when he was a kid. He got arrested, and they're like, "Congratulations, you graduated." And then yeah, he got arrested again, and it's just like, "Oh, this is just another thing that happened." Because he because yeah. he got put into a uh, at a prison that is frankly better than more than some apartments I've seen. Yeah, I mean they were allowed to keep razors. Yeah, they, going on? we'll see, and that's the thing. That that scene, like the them being in jail together, that was important to show why he ended up turning state's evidence at the end, because it, and and why like they had to go in the witness protection program, um, because like that cop was telling him when the wife was like, I don't even like I want to talk to my family, I don't want to have to leave, and the dude was like, Look, I don't give a fuck about you or your family. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I, I appreciate. Look, that. I just need his information. But here's the thing. I need his information, and if you don't go into witness protection with him, they're going to kill you. If you don't go into witness protection at all, they're going to kill you. So you're, you don't have any choices and, uh, at this point. Uh, I don't have to he be nice also, to you. What did he say? Oh, yeah, he said, uh, and a, um, a happy witness is a reliable witness. Yeah. There's something like that. The only reason he gives a fuck about her at all is because of um, the information that he's getting. Yeah, see, that's another thing that we're going to get into in The Godfather Part 2, um, because you'll after watching The Godfather Part 2, you'll understand what he meant by a happy witness is a reliable witness. I'm not going to give it away, just we're going to watch Fine. that next week. We'll talk about it then. Um, but yeah. Also, as a sidebar... <laughs> it would be a lot easier to talk about these movies had you already seen all, you know, The Godfather Trilogy, which I realized after we were, wa- like, while we were watching Donnie Brasco, I'm like, we should have seen The Godfather Trilogy first. I mean, by then it was too late because we were yeah. halfway through. So, all right, uh, I want to talk about other mafia movies that we've seen. Okay, um, have you seen a German movie called M? No. Uh, M is about the is a it's a great movie. It was made uh, in the thirties, just before World War Two, I want to say, and it was uh, Germans' transition. It it showed distrust that Germans had for the government and. It was uh, the mob teamed up. Uh, the mob and the police were after this criminal that did something so abhorrent that both sides were against him. Wait, is this does this take place in Germany or is it just a movie that came out in like Germany made? Uh, it it took place in Germany. And it was the mafia. Uh, yeah. Have you seen any actual like? mafia films yeah i i've seen a couple the uh i think the most famous recent one is john wick that's like the most famous recent um, that's very popular and it's no, a mafia okay, movie no but it's not a mafia movie it's like that's a mob but that's not the mafia 
So my definition was my definition was American Italian mafia. That's what I was defining it as. Then you immediately pivot to not American, not Italian, and not even mafia. That's why I was like, have you seen like when in answer in asking the question, I'm like, have you seen any actual like American Italian mafia films? That's what no. I call mobster movies. No, okay. because I just I just saw ma- you just had mafia, and I'm just like, okay, cool. So organized crime, the mob, giant criminal organization. No, 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 no. I'm I was very very specifically meant American Italian mafia. That's right. why Untouchables, Godfather, Goodfellas, Donnie Brasco, like dealing specifically with the American version of the Italian mafia. That's what I consider a mobster movie. Now, a gangster film or a criminal film, yeah, that could be that that could be any of the movies that we've been talking about. But to me, like specifically, like where there's a Godfather, where there's a Dawn, like uh, um, like where you have to be, because part of this is like they even mention it in Donnie Brasco, or not was it Donnie? No, it was Goodfellas. They mention it in Goodfellas. Like, remember Henry could never be a made guy because his dad is Irish. Because you have to be 100% Sicilian to be able to be in the Mafia. I just thought that they meant like their Mafia. And we got this other um, Mafias that have other requirements of getting in. Yes. But the movies that we... So the three movies that you watched, they're Mm -hmm. specifically American-Italian Mafia. Yeah. So they're specifically like you have to be Sicilian, but also like... So you don't even... You don't technically have to be American... You can be Sicilian and come over from Sicily, but you have to be connected in Sicily before you come over. You're still not getting in the mob. That's what I mean. Like that specific, that specific um, family, crime family. There are tons of movies made on just that. Um, okay. So you've seen so the answer is no. criminal gangster movies. Yeah, before. I've seen uh, criminal gangster movies. I it's te- partly my fault because I I assumed that you understood what I meant when I said mafia. American Italian mafia, yeah. American Italian gangsters. No, I just thought you meant organized crime movies. No, 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 no. Oh well, just uh, oh yeah, that's all right. Um, so you hadn't seen any mafia films? Uh, I don't think prior so. To- I I think I just saw organized crime movies. Okay, uh, so um, we were talking about we did a a little bit of a of a stop record, and then we started talking about the movies again. So like, yeah, that's gonna be part of it now. Um. So you were saying, like, I, I was mentioning the difference between um, Sicilian and not Sicilian. And I pointed out that in Goodfellas, there was a scene where Karen was, Karen's Jewish. She's not even Italian. And she's looking at all the other mafia wives. And she's like, what the hell? Like, these people are crazy. Well, the reason why, in like, like what you're going to see in, um, in Godfather, I kind of did you a disservice by not having Godfather be first. That's I feel right. like a lot of this misunderstanding would have all been explained in the Godfather trilogy. Um, but in, in um, Goodfellas, like the reason why she put the gun to his face was because she wasn't raised to be a mafia wife. She wasn't raised to look the other way when they have girlfriends and others, you know, because the good mafia wife is there for her husband no matter what, and she raises the kids. And she just knows that, you know, she'll be taken care of. And, but she did do, she did a pretty good job because like she did do things like um, whenever the, 
whenever the cops would come around and raid the house, she knew like this is just part of life, and she was okay with it. Um, she said she was turned yeah, on when why... she held the gun. Yeah, that's she's like you know, it's a little she's odd. a little crazy. I mean, yeah, she's a little crazy, but like she's way too smart to actually get involved in stuff beyond being the good housewife. Also, their well, relationship. She did. Don't you remember the jail scene? She was the one who was bringing him all the contraband. Remember when he got like the bags that he was bringing in? Yeah, he was but, getting them from her. But she's like, yeah. But what I mean is that she didn't get in too deep to not be able to bail out. Like with the um, when she uh, when they're like, hey, come do this, see this dress, and she's like, nope. So okay, she so she was she... always aware that there was danger, and she kept her head because she didn't take any drugs. Yes. So that's the difference between she and Henry. She didn't do drugs, um, but she did get in deep in that she was still dealing drugs because she did help him deal drugs. Because um, you remember when, um, when the babysitter, when he first talked about bringing the babysitter in, she was right there with him. And then um, when he was in prison, she, got, she gave him his amphetamines. So she was still dealing, she helped him deal drugs so she like she was in as deep as he was, but the difference is she didn't take the drugs. He did the drugs with his uh, girlfriend, and that so that was the up. main thing. She was smart enough to keep her nose clean. Yeah. So had he followed her example, he probably never would have gotten caught. Um, there was also a so. scene where he he lost everything, and he goes to Robert De Niro, um, and he's like, "Hey, man, I need help. I've lost everything." everything's shit and he gives him like fifteen hundred dollars yeah and it's like you fucked up i'm giving you this get out yeah um so the reason why that scene was tense was because when you fuck up what are you gonna do so jimmy wasn't sure remember jimmy was doing the drugs with him was dealing the drugs with him and um paulie had said no so when paulie says no no means that's it no means no you're not allowed to do it but they were still doing it they were doing it um under Polly's nose now Polly, of course knew but he didn't stop him um or if he didn't know then Polly's not very good at being a don because he's supposed to know this kind of shit um why so, don't you think he stopped him um that's a good question because it was obvious that he was doing it it, it was obvious he was doing drugs because like you can't hide that shit yeah, and it was obvious. I think that Polly knew about the drugs too. That's a good question because, like, remember, and if you go back to Donnie Brasco, when Sonny Black shows up on the boat, and um, and Lefty's like, "What the fuck?" Like, <laughs> like, and Lefty's thinking, "Like, oh, I'm fucked." Like, I tried to go around Sonny Black, but um, and then Sonny Black was like, "Did you think I didn't know?" And that's my point. Like, the Dons always find out. It's like that that saying, you know, three can keep a secret if two are dead. That's very clever. Yeah, they're always going to find out. But with Sonny Black, he just moved in on it himself. He was like, yeah, we're going to do this and I'm going to get it. Um, but with Paulie, I don't know why he didn't do anything. Probably because Jimmy was such a good earner that he didn't want to like, he didn't want to fuck with it. Because pro- also probably because when the boss, when a Don gives an order and he's like, no doing drugs. If someone defies that Don, he has to take them out. So he probably looked the other way because he didn't want to take them out. Because as you saw, he was kind of a, he was a Don, but he was kind of a softy because Tommy was fucking up all the time, killing people. And he knew Tommy had killed the maid guy. 
you know like like perfect example remember that scene when he goes up to henry and he was like hey you know about the thing about the the thing that happened over there and he was like you mean this he's like no the other thing and he's like you mean that and they're like and henry is obviously trying to not talk about the the maid guys getting hit and he was like no this thing like the thing that you were a part of that you're not gonna mention that i'm not supposed to know that you were a part of but i'm just gonna act like i didn't know well they're asking and when he's saying that to me i interpreted that scene as him not saying like hey keep an eye out find out what you know find out who did it i think he was saying hey i know you stupid fuckers killed him and the guy's coming out you know the the other like his his crime family is looking for him if they find him and they can trace that back to me i'm going to kill you that to me was like it was like a nice warning of like make sure that shit doesn't get found like keep it buried i think that's why he went to henry and was like hey so have you heard about it you know anything about it you know uh what's going on with that guy you know of any bodies that could potentially get found because they better not fucking get found because if they get found then other bodies gonna happen i think that's what he was doing yeah probably <laughs> so, and I, the it's it's really interesting seeing like how um the leaders show respect but also is is i i think i messaged you i'm like this is um friendship is uh very tense when there's a chance that they'll kill you <laughs> yeah that's a but see that's the thing though um when it comes to like Polly and sunny black and all of them it as you noticed like even though even though like with henry when he was a kid and with um in goodfellas and then in donnie brasco with um with uh johnny depp him being a stranger as you notice like these guys aren't like kings where you can't even talk to them like they just walk up to them and say like you know whatever they were respectful but at the same time like so being a dom like carries a certain amount of respect but it's nothing as absurd as like like with the monarchy where like only certain people can talk to the king or only certain people can look at the king like it's not usually that bad you just you just don't talk out of turn it's like there's a hierarchy and there's a certain level of respect and there are certain rules but it's not the only reason why it was really tense with tommy is because tommy's literally a psychopath and he will kill you for no fucking reason but most of those people like he said like you can't kill a made guy once once you're a made guy you can't kill him you can't just just kill him for no reason so tommy was a loose cannon but um so that's why everybody was so tense around tommy because as you saw like he killed spider because he was the like tommy was the asshole tommy shot spider in the foot and then made fun of spider for limping because he had a he got shot in the foot that he's the one who shot him in the foot he makes fun of him and like that like think of how that affected his life like he not only gets shot in the foot but also he can't go to work for however long while he's recovering and then when he does go to work he's got a limp and then the guy who shot him is going to make fun of him for having a limp because he shot him and like his response was go fuck yourself and as you saw like when when he told him to go fuck himself everybody was like whoa and at first you're thinking like oh they're gonna kill him but then even jimmy was like yeah you deserve that you shot him in the fucking foot (laughs) you know and he did it with no prompting you know so uh yes it was it it was mostly tense because of tommy being a douchebag basically stay away from joe pesci 
and be respectful, you'll be fine. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Tommy's, Tommy's a, like, he's like um, a bulldog chained up that's been trained specifically to kill and has rabies. Don't fuck with yeah, Tommy. Yeah, you see it in the scene with his mom. Like, when they were sitting at the table with his mom, Henry's trying to, like, be calm because he's kind of freaked the fuck out because they just murdered a dude in his trunk. And he's trying to be calm at dinner and just eat. And the mom, like, Tommy's mom is crazy. She's like, the fuck's wrong with you? And it's like, what? <laughs> Give the guy a break, you know? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, yeah, you should settle down. And he's like, oh, I settled down. Like, think it, can you imagine talking to your mother like that? Like, your mom is like, you should settle down and get married. And your response is, I settle down every night. Like, what? <laughs> For real? God damn it. Right? Like, it's you can kind of see behind the curtain. You're like, okay, this is why this guy's a fucking psycho. Because he tells his mom, like, yeah, I need to borrow this huge-ass knife. And she's like, okay, just bring it back. What? <laughs> like, what do you... If I went into my parents' kitchen, and I... If I went into my parents' kitchen, I was like... And I didn't live there. And I was like, yeah, um, I need to take this knife, this giant knife, because I need to chop somebody up. My parents would be like, sit the fuck down. I'm calling the cops right now. What did you do? Like, it... <laughs> <laughs> Like, what? they'd be like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> and they would never, ever again let me near any kind of utensils. No. Nope. They'd be like, you're eating like a dog for the rest of your life because you can't <laughs> be trusted. All right. Um, so you're in for a treat next week because you get to watch the Godfather trilogy. Hooray! And yes, you have to watch three. Oh. Unless Part three is now. less than three hours long. So, I mean. But does it feel that. three hours? I haven't seen it in a long time. I, you know what? Look at it this way. I will be rewatching them all with you. So, I mean, that's I mean, because I'll watch. Yeah. Um, but so to me, I won't say that The Godfather Part Three gets a bad rap because it doesn't. But it's still, it's like it's not that bad. Watching... They're just comparing it to The Godfather. Yes. It's okay. So to me, like the gold standard of mafia movies is The Godfather Part Two. So you, if you were to compare anything to The Godfather Part 2, the only thing that holds up is The Godfather Part 1. <laughs> part 3 does not hold water. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't hold up. Um, because there, is, there are certain things that make The Godfather Part 2 great. And it's not just the action. It's not just what happens in it. It's the family story. It's, again, like the thing that makes The Godfather Part 2 the best is the fact that it's the story of a father and a son. And um, The Godfather is mainly the end of the father's story and the beginning of the son's. But The Godfather Part Two tells you the same, you know, tells both of them at the same time. And it's great. Can't say enough about how awesome The Godfather Part Two is. The Godfather Part Three is the conclusion to Michael's story. So if you want to look at it like this, um, The Godfather Trilogy is the story of Vito and Michael Corleone. Michael Corleone's story doesn't end until The Godfather Part 3. That's why you have to watch it. All right, if you liked what you just heard, do us a favor. Subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. Because why wouldn't you? We're some somewhat funny. I mean, you got to admit we're entertaining. We're dorks, but we're entertaining. We're fucking delightful. Share the love. Also, follow us on all the links that are in the description. Bye.